0: I want you to go to a, a couple of openings with me first of all today. Uh, 2 Peter chapter 1 and Psalm 103. And uh, 2 Peter chapter 1 and then Psalm 103. The Spirit of God is trying to remind our church of some things. Uh, we need to have our Remembrance stirred. Things that are too important for us not to lay hold of. Uh, Peter put it this way, second Peter chapter 1, verse 12, therefore I will always remind you about these things, even though you already know them and are standing firm in the truth you have been taught. And it's only right that I should keep on reminding you as long as I live. That's a good thing to repeat ourselves. It's a good thing to remind ourselves of God's heart and God's plan, what His Word says. In Psalm 103, verse 1, the Scripture says this, Praise the Lord. Amen? Praise the Lord, O my soul. All my inmost being praise His holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. When I praise the Lord, I'm actually invoking his name. I'm actually confessing his name and making a demand on his name. The psalmist here is actually saying to his own soul, telling that soul to praise him with his mind, his will, and his emotions. There's a reason for that. And forget not all his benefits. Now, the reason for that is... You and I, our mind, our will, our emotions are exposed every single day to inputs um, nonstop that contradict the things that God says. The things the word of God actually teaches. And if you're going to forget not something, if you're going to remember something that's important in the word of God, you're going to have to make a deliberate effort that you're going to steer your mind, your will, and your emotions in the right place. And the psalmist is basically saying here, I got one thing that I figured out. The problem is not my spirit. I'm born again. Say it, I'm born again. There's a relationship there with God. Even though they didn't have the new birth as we understand the new birth, there's a spiritual implication that everything was fine between him and the Lord. But the issue is, what is that soul doing? You know, God can make an outstanding promise. God could show up personally today, look you right in the face, and say, Here's my promise to you today. Here's what I guarantee. And because your mind's been subject to everything but the promises of God, you could still sit there and doubt Him at that moment. The reason we bring this up is what's worrying against the promises of God and the rights of the believer are what's going on in our mind, our will, and our emotions, the way we think, the way we choose. And the way we feel and there are great odds to the word of God. If you're struggling right now with something, believing God for something, you're pressing in for something, I guarantee you, it's, it's not because your spirit is not born again. It's not because your spirit doesn't bear witness with the Holy Spirit. It's because your will, is, your, your will, your mind, your emotions are warring against that promise in the natural. So what does a child of God do if we're going to tap into what he has promised? We're going to have to lasso that mind and push it back in the direction of the word of God. Tell that will you're going to choose to think the thoughts of God. And tell your emotions you're no longer running in my life. I was having a short conversation with my sister the other day. And I was just pointing this out that the the Cinderella or the last or final frontier for the child of God in the modern church is the emotional realm. I've watched over and over again, people can love God, be born again, baptized, spirit-filled, tongue-talkers, word-of-faith people, believe God for supernatural things, and yet function like a two-year-old emotionally. Over and over and over and over and over again, I've watched this. And it tells me that the problem is not necessarily with their ability to believe God, It's not that there's somehow, uh, uh, you know, a a born-again spirit that didn't take. There are no birth defects in the kingdom of God. When you were born again, you weren't born defective. And we all know the Holy Ghost is not defective. And we all know that the Word of God is perfect. So what's going on? What's going on is we haven't allowed the Word of God and the things of God to run over and make sure these other areas in the soul are submitted to it rather than letting that soul run that life. If you don't keep your mind renewed, you won't be able to stand on the things of God. If you don't keep your mind, your, you know, your, your, your will renewed in the things of God, you're not going to choose correctly. And then it's oftentimes people will say, well, we'll choose something against God's will and then blame God when something bad happens. But it's that emotional realm that is the problem. The body of Christ is filled with people that love God, spirit-filled, on fire for God, but they have absolutely no concept of what it means to be spiritually mature or emotionally mature and emotionally intelligent. You want to, you want to know what's even worse? A lot of the people that think they are are not. And you don't believe it first time and you don't do what they want you to do or say what you want said, or or vice versa. They'll get offended. And you say, what does that mean? Write this down on the tablet of your heart, on a piece of paper, whatever you have to do. Offense is the mark of emotional immaturity. I don't care if you've been saved 60 years or a month. If you are prone to offense and strife, guess what? You're that two, three-year-old emotionally. And that's what's blocking you from God's best, the promises of God. And the rights as a believer. So I, I understand if you're not careful, you'll just blow right past that first and second verse and go right for the good stuff. I mean, y'all like the good stuff, but you got to start with, hey soul. I believe now you're going to shape up as well. Turn to somebody and tell them, tell your soul to shape up. Shipping out's not an option. Your soul can't ship out. Wherever you go, it goes. It's bound to your spirit, man. Amen. On the other side, it won't be a problem. And guess what? You will shape up then. But shaping up right now is a matter of your own choice and decision. We want to be born again and spirit filled on fire for God, word people, believing in God, amen, tormenting the devil, casting devils out, and we want to be emotionally mature and intelligent. We don't want to blow everything up God's doing in our lives because we're a bunch of wow wows. Are you here today? So what we're doing is we are pressing forth to say, you know what, in our mind, our will, and our emotions, those things are subject to the Word of God, to the Spirit of God. They're subject to our spirit and not the other way around. Say it with me. Offense in my life, in any category, in any relationship, is proof I'm emotionally immature. And I didn't get offended when Pastor just preached that. Why bring this up? I'll tell you why. Because it's strong in my heart to encourage you to do what the scripture says and forget not all his benefits. Forget not all his benefits. I want you to write this down. What he's really talking about are blood, bought rights for you and for me. i tell you that I have rights. A right is the moral or legal entitlement to have or obtain something. In the broad picture of existence, we talk about things like human rights, especially when a regime or a nation is violating human rights. For example, like China has 1.2 million Muslims in internment camps right now. And, of course, our government doesn't care about it. The rest of the world doesn't care about it because we're all getting rich off of trade with China, moving right along. We only care about human rights if it's our rights being violated. But wherever it's happening, it's not pleasing to God. And there seems to be in, in human existence this core understanding that certain things are wrong. Don't torture prisoners of war. You know, don't abuse people because of their faith or their religion or because of their background or their color or their culture whatever. We understand that as a human right. We also understand there are things called civil rights. And we understand that when somebody tramples on those, it needs to be corrected either by law or by social pressure, whatever the case may be. We also understand there are constitutional rights. How many thank God for a Constitution? Thank God that we understand what we have. What we do today to assemble, freedom of assembly. We have today freedom of religion. Those are constitutional rights. And how many believe that we should stand for those things? And not let somebody talk us out of those. And Don't try to liberalize our society and push us towards a socialistic existence where we don't care about those rights. We do care about them because a high price was paid to secure those rights. Does that make sense? Um, my dad's uncle, Jocko, I've talked about him before. His real name is Johnny, John Urban. And, uh, you know, he was, actually, I, tra- I tracked his unit in World War II. He lied to get into the military because he wanted to serve. And he was very young when he went through. And uh, basically, if you trace uh, General Patton's outfit, you'll find out exactly all the places that he was at. The reserve troops, uh, we're in the thousands, and every theater from Africa, you know, Italy and Germany, on into to where the Battle of Bulge was. You see these historical battles that were fought, and how this this armored uh, you know unit was actually engaging in war. the 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 battles they saw, the lives that were lost, the blood that was shed, the horrendous losses, and yet he survived. He lived to be ninety something years old. How he survived that, when so many lost their lives. Could you imagine having a conversation with Jocko? He'd probably want a beer. You can have whatever you want. Could you imagine having a a conversation with with that old veteran and then you you tell him to his face, I really don't care about my rights. Don't care if I can own a gun. Don't, Don't care if I can pray or not. Don't care if I can. You know what? He'd probably haul off and slap you. What do you mean you don't care about your rights, the price that was paid? I saw heads blown off and limbs blown off and bodies sawn in two. I saw people die in infernos inside of a tank as they exploded and they couldn't get out. The war and the horror that he saw. you dare say to his face, I don't really care about my rights? For something to be a right, there must be a basis for that right. And our rights as a child of God We're one in the court of heaven with the application, not with the blood of soldiers, but with the precious blood of the Lamb of God. Could you imagine if Jesus were physically here right now in his glorified body and you said, I don't care about the rights. I just love you. That's great. But you know what he would say? I died for those rights. I died to give you these things. Turn to somebody and tell them he died to give you the rights of a child of God. Not suggestions. Not merely opportunities. And benefit is not even a strong enough word. Come on, shout it out. They're blood-bought rights. Hallelujah. I stand here today with the right to preach the gospel in this nation. You sit here today with the right to assemble in, in Jesus' name as well as a citizen of this nation. And you, like me, would get all riled up if somebody tried to dare take those rights away. But you know what? Sometimes we're just very passive when it comes to the rights of a child of God. And I think the Lord wants to come alongside you today and just kind of push you out of that passivity. And realize the Bible says the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent take it by force. You don't sit back and let somebody or something or the devil rob you of your blood bar rights. Jocko saw so much devastation over there, and when he got back, they didn't have, you know, veterans programs, and they didn't have counseling. You came back, you got in society, you built things, you worked, and they drank a lot, and they'd get a big tub of beer and a little wash tub of ice, and what they would do is basically uh, drink and, and, and medicate that way. One day, he'd been drinking all day long, you know, and sitting in a bar, and a new... Uh, You know, Deputy Sheriff thought he would walk in there and and tell him he'd had enough to drink. And before this Deputy Sheriff knew what happened, Jocko had disarmed him and had his gun to his head and said, you know what, I don't even know how many people I've killed. He looked at that man and said, one more is not going to make a better difference to me at this point. Could you imagine being so young yet, barely, barely, I think he was like 19, 20 years old, 21 years old by then, because he lied to get in. And have had that life experience. And then go up to him and say, hey, old man, I don't care, you know, what you did. I don't care about my rights. Look at somebody and say, I do care. Because Jesus paid for them. psalmist wants to remind us of the wonderful heavenly rights we have. And the price that was paid to obtain them. How dare we not understand them and press in to enjoy them. Watch this now. These rights are guaranteed and provided by heaven, but they're enjoyed here on earth. These rights and these benefits are completely irrelevant by the time you and I get to heaven. Right, you mentioned Psalm 23 has prepared a table before us in the presence of our enemies. Guess what? There are no enemies in heaven. So that scripture is not about a table in heaven. That's a different banquet altogether. That that table is about the banquet he has set for us, his rights and privileges and all the provision he has for us. How dare we not sit down? How could we possibly look at him after what he's done and say, I'm not hungry? Look at somebody and say, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. Look at somebody and say, and by the time the pastor lets us go, I'm gonna be really hungry. God help us to to hunger for the things that He paid for. It's the same way in Psalm 103. These benefits really don't apply in heaven because guess what? When you get there, He's made everything perfect. You're fully glorified. There's nothing else to do other than His will for all eternity. Amen. And enjoy what He has for you. In fact, 1 Timothy 6, 7 says, He's given us all things for our what? To richly Enjoy on this planet. The gifts are in joy. They're not supposed to be worshiped or hoarded. Come on, say it. The gifts are to be richly enjoyed, not worshiped and not hoarded, but still richly enjoyed. Glory to God. We're called to live the abundant life. Amen. I've come that they might have life and life more abundantly to the full till it what? Till it overflows. That's God's dream. And he provides the rights and the benefits for us to do that. Why is he telling his soul to straighten up? Because that's where the battle is. It's in the realm of the soul. The thinking, the choosing, and the feeling. That's where we will either get in line with God's word and and enjoy the rights as a child of God, or it'll be compromised. Can I tell you something? No one else is compromising your rights. No one else can stop you from enjoying the rights of heaven. This is strictly and totally between you and the Lord. You and I work out our own salvation with fear and challenge. Look at somebody and tell them, you can't stop me. Come on, say it boldly. You cannot stop me. I can only stop myself. There are five rights I want you to just zero in on here. The rights of the believer you need to remember. I'm just going to read this passage for you, and then we'll come back and talk about them. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and all my inmost being. Praise His holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul. Come on, let's just go ahead and praise Him right now. And tell your soul to praise Him. Watch this. Writes this: My mind and my body and my emotions don't feel like praising Him. You don't let your mind, your will, your body, your emotions tell you what to do. That's the point. So when I say praise Him right now, what do you say? You tell yourself to praise Him. You just you do it because you need to get the right person in charge in your life. Amen. So come on, let's praise Him right now. Let's bless the Lord. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Praise his holy name. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. And what? And forget not. Don't you dare, soul, forget the benefits, the rights of the child of God. Now, the psalmist has this kind of revelation. How many know the New Testament believer ought to have an even greater revelation of this truth? Forget not all his benefits. Write this down. Number one, the right to be forgiven. Number two, the right to be healed. Number three, the right to be delivered. Number four, the right to be loved. Number five, the right to be renewed. Forgiven, healed, delivered, loved, and renewed. Can you shuffle it out forgiven? Healed. 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 Delivered. Delivered. Loved. Loved. Renewed. Renewed. Read on with me. He forgives all your sins. And for some of you, that took some time. He heals all your diseases. Redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. There is That deliverance, hallelujah, crowns you with love and compassion, the right to be loved. And I'll explain that in a moment. Who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. Come on, say it forgiven, healed, delivered, loved, and renewed. Say it, I'm forgiven. Healed, loved, and renewed. Say it again. Forgiven, healed, delivered, loved, renewed. That's me. That's you. Every one of these are blood-bought rights of the child of God. Not a preacher's musing or a philosophy or idea. This is what he has died to give you and me. I don't need forgiveness in heaven. You want to know why? Because only the forgiven will be there. So, where do I need this, this right? Here. If we sin, if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us, and what? Cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Our slate is wiped clean. Our record is expunged. The devil will try to convince you that you have gone too far in your sin. You've made too many mistakes. You've trampled over God's word time and time again. You've made that same choice over and over again. You keep blowing things up in your life. It's too much. You can't do it anymore. The devil will tell you you have out God's grace. You know what you need to do, church? you need to start saying to the devil, I think you're talking about yourself. <laughs> because you can out outsend the grace of God. But the only exception of blasphemy. But I'm not, I'm not sitting here today with a bunch of blasphemers of the Holy Spirit. The right to be forgiven. I'm not going to need forgiveness in heaven. The right to be healed, body, soul, and spirit spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally, and morally enabled and restored. Just like the woman in Luke 13, verse 16, who had been overcome, the Bible says, by a demon for 18 years. She, she bent over and could not stand up. Jesus ministered healing, and they all got mad. Listen, you can always tell the Pharisee and religious spirit when Jesus confirms his word and a so-called believer gets mad. You shouldn't get mad at the miracle. You should get glad at the miracle. You shouldn't get mad at the healing. You should get glad over the healing. The right to be healed. And they got upset. Jesus said, you know what, you bunch of hypocrites, don't you untie your donkey and lead it to the water on the Sabbath? He said, ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, be healed of her affliction? Listen to that language. Ought to, should to, that is the language of her right. It is her right as a covenant child of God, as a daughter of Abraham, to be healed. And you and I go around putting up with this stuff week after week, year after year, over and over again. It's high time for us to make a demand on our right to be healed, not over on the other side. You won't need healing on the other side. You need healing on this side. And if you're not careful, you'll be so polluted with religion, you'll think that somehow God is the one that's doing the afflicting. No, the right is to be healed, not the right to be sick. And to stir you up, to say, you know what, that's enough. Turn to somebody and tell them, that's enough. Enough on the body of Christ. Begin to push back. If you're not careful, you just kind of let the canoe drift on downstream. Well, pastor, I'm tired of paddling that canoe up the face stream. Well, keep paddling. Because the alternative is to lose all the rights that he died to give you. Listen, he doesn't want you going into heaven, broke, busted, disgusted, sick, and destroyed. He wants you victorious as a more than a conqueror in Jesus' name. But you're right. Come on, say it. The right to be healed. Ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, be what? Glory to God. The right to be delivered. That means you've been redeemed and bought back with blood. There are too many in the body of Christ have been walking in discouragement and depression too long. That woman had an 18-year-old affliction. That was long enough. Some of you have been depressed long enough, discouraged long enough. You have been redeemed from the pit. You have been delivered. You are forgiven, healed, and delivered. And there is no depression in heaven. Uh, If you walk around depressed in heaven, you are going to stand out like a sore thumb. (laughs) So I don't need forgiveness in heaven. I don't need healing in heaven. I don't need deliverance in heaven. Where do I need it? I need it now. And some of you today should make an absolute demand on this right. I have a right to be redeemed from this discouragement, from this depression, from this war that's going on against my mind and my life and my emotions in Jesus' name. A high price was paid for it, and I'm laying hold of it in Jesus' name. Turn to somebody and say, I'm taking it. It is mine. It is mine. Number four, you have the right to be loved. That means you're crowned with covenant kindness or Hasid, or compassion. This is the release of God's ability to show kindness where you need it because of covenant. How does this make sense, Pastor? Um, when God loves, he just doesn't do it with feelings. Oh, I love you. He doesn't even just do it with words. When God loves, He loves with action. God so loved the world that He had a really warm feeling for you. God so loved the world that He told us He loved us. Do you find a demonstrative love by a demonstrative God? For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. While we were yet sinners, Christ what? Died for us. That's how he sheds his love abroad. That's how he, you know, demonstrates his love for you and for me. In other words, whatever is needing that that has said, that covenant kindness, whatever area of your life, it's a right for you to be loved in that area. Come on, say it, I'm loved of God. It's the kind of love where you, you say to yourself, David, is there anyone else? Left in the house of Saul that I can show covenant has said to, or covenant kindness or love to. Not to send him a message, hey, King David loves you, brother. I want you all to ride out to somebody and call you know, Saul's you know, household and tell him, David loves you, sends you a message. He loves you, darling. No, go find a, an heir of Saul that I can show covenant kindness to, that I can actually demonstrate my love to. And they found Mephibosheth, a cripple. Last of the Mohicans. David said, I want you to bring him back, restore the lands and the fortunes of his father. Everything that was Saul's is his, and he will sit at my table the rest of his life. David didn't say, I've got a warm feeling for you. I just wanted you to come so I could just tell you I love you. Let me tell you something. Don't ever underestimate the power of actions motivated by love because they're very godlike when that happens. That's what God wants to do for you. It's your right. What area of your life needs covenant kindness? That's what he provides for you and me. It is not just a good idea, warm fuzzy. It is a right as a child of God. Say that I have the right to be loved by God. Say forgiven, healed, delivered, and loved. And last, the right to be renewed. Renewed in what? Whatever you need renewed in. You may say to today, you need your emotions renewed. You need your will renewed. You need your mind renewed. You need your body renewed. You need your workplace renewed. You need your relationships renewed. You need your finances renewed. Whatever you need renewal in, that's available to the child of God. Whatever pertains to this life, God is wanting to bring renewal in your life. He fills your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed. Like what? Now how many of know eagles fly? They don't perch. Look at somebody and say, you are not a chicken. You are not a turkey. You're not a dumb cluck. You're supposed to be an eagle. Amen. Years ago, I was heading into town. And I'm yelling these guinea birds that are around. aren't the smartest birds on the block. And uh, I noticed how a pack of them are walking across the road over here on 94 East. just right before you get into town. And I thought, that's not good. Somebody's going to fly in here and, and, and one or more of these birds are going to be gone. Look at somebody again and say you're not a dumb cluck. And uh, sure enough, when I came back out, there was one the road had been hit, just spinning around, still alive. I thought, oh my goodness! I had to go back into town later on, and all I saw was one feather sticking up in the air. By the time I got back into town. And that's the picture that some of you have for your lives. You're like Gideon just sitting there in the middle of the road, just spinning around or just one feather sticking up. You know, God is able to take you from roadkill to eagle status if you'll let him. Come on, say it. I'm not roadkill. And I'm not a turkey. I have eagle on the inside of me. What does this mean for you and for me? It tells us very simply this that whatever we need youth renewal in, we can have it. You may need it in your body. You may need that youthful spirit return to you. You may need that youthful strength return to you. You may need that youthful energy return to you. You might need that youthful vision return to you or a sense of youthful purpose. Or how about some youthful enthusiasm? Pastor, you're making me tired just listening to this. How about a youthful outlook? As Christians age, they think just like the rest of the world. When your youth can be renewed, and it's not just physical. Some of you need your youthful outlook returned to you. Some of you are like that, uh, that old man in the original bishop's wife. And he tells the bishop, he goes, lately when I pass the cemetery, I feel like I'm apartment hunting. That is not the way you want to be. I mean, some people are 35, 40, 45 years old. I'm so old, it's all over the hill, it's all over from here. You know, God can't do anything in my life. You need a youthful outlook restored. And it's a right. Well, I'm so old, I feel old. I'm as old as Methuselah. Can't remember my name half the time. It's time for you to realize what your rights are. Going into the grave, feeling condemned, sick, in bondage, feeling like nobody loves you, including the Lord, and completely unrenewed was not God's dream for you. Amen. To be renewed is a right. I think all of us could use some youthful renewing from time to time. I've met some youths that need some youthful renewing. So it's not just age. But if it's your body, then praise the Lord. If it's your thinking, then praise the Lord. If it's your attitude, then praise the Lord. When people are young, their outlook is different. As people age, they begin to see things differently. Not because the word says so, but because that's the track of the world. Amen. You can be 150 and still have a youthful spirit. Youthful strength. But you know what you have the youth don't have? To that youthful strength, you have wisdom. So why don't you hang around a little longer? Why don't you start demanding your rights because we need what's on the inside of you. This is, without a doubt, the dumbest generation in the history of this country. And we need the wisdom of God. And that applies to people in this generation who have rejected God and are trying to figure everything out on their own. It's almost comical at times, watching and listening to this stuff. Say it. I have rights. I I was told not to forget them. That's a command of God. So I'm not going to forget them. Say it one more time. I have the right right to be forgiven. I have the right right to be healed. I have the right right to be delivered. I have the right... To be loved. I have the right to be renewed in any area of my life. Amen. Which means there's still time for you to be soaring in this life. Say it with me, soaring in this life. Glory be to God, soaring in this life. Why don't you stand on your feet and just lift your hands and just begin to receive that right now. Soaring. Soaring.